What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Checkout. It's a podcast that hopefully you have subscribed to. Have you now? Have you also subscribed to Jazz United? That's our other podcast produced at WBGO Studios, and all of them can be found on our homepage at wbgo.org. On today's show, we're not only joining Nate Chenen from Jazz United, but we're also joining another podcast in the realm of jazz that you should be aware of called A Noise from the Deep, hosted by the one and only trumpeter and composer, Dave Douglas. In this episode, Dave's gonna take a back seat to make way for our editorial director, Nate Chenen, who's gonna lead this conversation featuring Dave Douglas, along with his friend, the legendary saxophonist, Joe Lovano. They have a new recording together. It's called Sound Prince, Other Worlds. They've been making music with this specific band for almost a decade now. It was initially spawned by the duo's desire to pay homage to their saxophone hero, the composer, Wayne Shorter. In short, they wanted to lift up Shorter's legacy by channeling his fearless and inventive spirit with their own original compositions, having a band to be a launching pad for those ideas. And that band features three other phenomenal artists, including the pianist Lawrence Fields, the bassist Linda Mahan O, and the drummer Joey Barron. Linda is the only one that couldn't join us for this conversation, which we're about to bring you, but we have one more note. The music you're hearing now is now available on Greenleaf Music. So you need to go there and check it out and support independent artists. Or better yet, just head on down to New York City's Birdland to see the band perform beginning tonight. That's November 30th for the next four nights. Now on with the show. The defining trait of Stound Prince is the tangled crosstalk of its front line, an urbane, off-the-fly counterpoint brimming with crooked urgency like a choice bit of dialogue in a David Mamet play. In this case, the sparring partners are the saxophonist Joe Lovano and the trumpeter Dave Douglas, who share leadership of the band and compose all of his music. Going through this album, it, it I was reminded of how much more since 2012, this thing has become organically a holistic thing. Like I don't think of it in any anymore as a front line and a rhythm section because the way that Lawrence and Joey and Linda are playing, like it's really fully, fully integrated and totally organic. Do you feel like there's been that evolution too? I think like uh, the compositions and everything have been developing through the years. The focal point the whole time has been to share the space mm-hmm. and to create some music within the music together. When you first heard us, I think we had just come back from a tour. We might have toured once in Europe prior to that, where we really put some music together where we could, like the pieces that I brought in were like springboards into some improvisations. And that conception has stayed with the band, you know, uh, in the way that I've been trying to write for the group.
Dave's compositions have such different shapes, you know, and there's all these different uh, moods that we try to sustain, you know, throughout each piece. So much about personalities and just the conversation. And I think Joe and I both write for this band, really in particular, to set up that kind of dialogue, to set up those kind of situations in different ways. Joe would probably agree with me that we write differently for this band than we would for other projects that we do. You know, there's a sensibility of the initial inspiration of Wayne Shorter and his music and life and philosophy, but then it's also gone deeper into the relationship between the five of us and the different things that we can bring to the stage that might create some new sorts of platforms that you might not have heard before. We're always sort of looking for a, a new way to contextualize where this music is coming from and how yeah. to do that. And, and, you know, so much of that is about personalities. I think that without Joey, without Lawrence, without Linda, it just wouldn't be at all what it is. You know, they're all integrated right into the writing and the mm -hmm. very conception of, of what we do when we go on stage. As we talk about the compositions as springboards, there was a moment when uh, our friend Jim Mackney commented on um, the the beginning of Sky Miles. Dave, you you chimed in and said that this this tune actually was kind of um, pivotal in terms of the conception of this album. Could you talk uh, about that? Sure. You know, we we. Joe and I, with each record, and this is our third one, there's sort of a different approach that we take. You know, we, we want them to each one have a distinct personality. And so when we began talking about this one that became Other Worlds with this beautiful artwork from Dave Chisholm, it was a matter of months of us going back and forth, thinking of different themes and different ways to approach it and, and different ideas about what the repertoire could be. One day he called me and he said, I have this tune that I wrote and it's called Sky Miles. And just something about the way you said it, Joe, mm. I was just like, oh, okay. Now I know what we're doing. Space Exploration is another one of Joe's tunes, but it just set the tone for me in terms of uh, putting this music in a space, in outer space. Yeah. And so it was when he came forward with that title and the concept for the tune that the rest of it sort of came together, from at least in my imagination.
We just heard Space Exploration from Sound Prince, that's Dave Douglas with Joe Lovano and the other three members, Lawrence Field, Linda Mejano, Joey Barron, celebrating their new Greenleaf recording and celebrating the great Wayne Shorter, but also not exclusively. As you'll hear, the band gives a nod to another source 
of inspiration. The experimental quintet with a fiery frontline trumpet and saxophone in the Art Ensemble of Chicago. They even riff on the quintet's tagline, Ancient to the Future. WBGO's Nate Chinen continues with the pianist Lawrence Fields and drummer Joey Barron. I want to throw a question to Lawrence um, because th there's, you know, as, as Dave alluded to just now, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of push pull in the the interaction of the band on this album, and there are moments when you couldn't be more locked into a to a swinging groove. And then there are moments when it, it pulls apart and abstracts and you feel like you're sort of, you know, in outer space. And um, so many of those moments, I, uh, I hear you like flowing. Whether you're flowing out or you're, or you're like locking in, I, I just hear your interaction in the band as so um, central to like all of that dynamic exchange and so i wonder what your perspective is on that i don't want to i don't want to talk about inside versus outside because we know that's that binary does not exist in this band so i just want to talk about <laughs> the dynamic exchange yeah well i mean you could probably say it doesn't exist in space right <laughs> like, yeah. if you're in outer space that's, that's just where you are <laughs> there's no inside there's no outside um but that is actually one of the things that i've enjoyed since the very start of this band and still enjoy every time we play is the fact that um, not not only is are there a lot of things that are not really clearly delineated and they're just left up to trust but also it is one of the most unpredictable and fun musical experiences every time we play because you never know what's gonna happen still to this day as many times as we play when we start a tune even if we play the tune 50 times before it may come out completely differently than the last time we played it. In the last night, the last week, the last month. We can start a tune, Joe gets an idea, he goes a completely different direction, or Dave goes a different direction, or Joey plays a completely different beat, and there are all these wonderful things that can happen every night. And a lot of it is, is completely in the moment.
it's a real listening experience man like especially like you know when you're in an intimate space like the vanguard where we're really just right with each other which felt like that in the studio also you know uh you're breathing together and you're really listening and uh it's it's so fun to experience that this quintet has a lot of magic that happens yeah even when we just do a sound check things are there's sparks that happen in sound checks that uh carry over into the set this album was recorded pre-covid right well yeah we played a week at the vanguard january uh 2020 and the following week went in the studio so yeah just just under the wire i've got a question for joey um because as we talk about these relationships like lawrence said and all the different you know permutations of that Joey, you've got separate history playing with Joe and with Dave, um, and you know, in lots of different bands, you know, including including the the Stargazer tribute that Dave did to Wayne Shorter back in the '90s, um, and treat you know, uh, in trios with Joe and in larger groups with Joe. And so, I want to ask you about your perspective um, when it's this combination of people. Like, is there something that feels different to you playing with? with these two gentlemen together playing this music um you know what perspective do you have there i'm just incredibly happy to have to be a part of this team because i tend not to throw anything away like i i met joe in the 70s when we were fooling around and <laughs> trying to figure out where one was at berkeley <laughs> and uh I met Dave in in New York uh in the god was that the 80s? Yes. Yeah. When I said I don't throw anything away, I mean I have those hours logged in my <laughs> my body of all the times that we've ever played and and that's a part of whenever I play and especially in this band. I don't try to play what I did in in 80 because that's asinine. I'm just so incredibly thrilled to be a part of this team that provides a context to be able to take what happened previously and uh think freely with it and apply it to the moment and and see what happens and how that can keep moving forward.
know, I don't want to forget because the our very first comment um, on YouTube as we were just getting started, actually before we even started the, the stream, was from um, someone named Taylor Hatch. And he had a question in two parts. Which track was the most fun to record? And which <laughs> song was the most challenging to finish? I think those are probably two different answers, but I, I wonder what you all have to say to that. I wouldn't be able to break it down that way. Especially with this band, the whole thing is of a piece. It's all just one big piece of music that we're going to make. And, and so I wouldn't be able to approach any of the pieces differently. Like it's all just part of one flow. And, and one special thing about this record, most of the pieces are first take. So it wasn't like there were tunes that we struggled with. I mean, we did multiple takes of a couple of them, but they're mostly just first takes. The music played itself not really knowing what's going to happen is a key part of it. And Joe and I have talked about this, that like, for example, when we do a week at the Vanguard, the order of the tunes is different every set, every night. Because the tunes bump up against each other differently, it helps us discover different aspects of right. what could be inside there, different ways things could happen. My piece, The Flight, it's like a specific kind of groove that Joey and Lawrence and Linda play that part like incredible, and it's uh, that was that was really challenging for me. That was that was like a piece that was really like uh, there was a lot more specific things that were happening in it, you know, in the whole feeling of it and the rhythm and uh, the form with these thirteen-bar phrases and five-bar moment with just drums. That was fun and cha really challenging for me. That tune is, it, it, ha it reminds me of like a really, someone walking down the street with a really hip walk, you know? <laughs> um, there's because it's all it's grooving, but it's but it's grooving in kind of a it's got a character to the to the lope, you know. Um, I and I love the way that the that that vamp you've set up for the rhythm section lays against the the melodic line. It's really really cool. That felt that felt really great, man. And it, yeah, downbeats and offbeats. Also, we, we almost never count off the tunes. We begin with an improvisation and then find our way into the tunes. And I think that that, I think that that forces us to develop a more organic relationship with the material itself. I love that idea of not counting off and and kind of arriving at a consensus, you know, in the moment. Um, and it reminds me, you know, there's a one of your compositions on this album is titled Antiquity to Outer Space, which, of course, reminds me of Ancient to the Future. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure that was intentional. It's a it's just a fancy way of saying it, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Can you, but can you talk about that sort of like the experimental tradition as it's expressed in this band? Because because it's it's so um, you know really on on every song, but in you know to varying degrees, um, you, you're really like um, completely free. In writing that particular piece, I mean, it was definitely coming from our overall theme. And I, I, I've been doing a lot of reading about ancient history, um, hence titles like Pythagoras. And, and I've been thinking about how the dawn of science connects with what's happening here now. And that is what the title refers to. And I think that's part of the overall theme of what we're thinking about is, is tying ancient to the future antiquity to outer space. That particular song, there's a progression of events. It starts out very, very simply with very simple intervals and the intervals start getting more complicated and the rhythms start getting more complicated uh, and the excitement of the underlying motion in the rhythm section that's what I was thinking about when I wrote it, like starting someplace simple and then as a launching pad. Speaking of the flight uh, and space exploration, um, who in this in this band, and maybe it's more than one person, is like the big space enthusiast? Oh, Lawrence. who is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I was in maybe first grade, I think, you know, I used to go to the library and just kind of pick up whatever looked interesting. And so, uh, or maybe second grade, yeah, maybe second. You know, I would just go through the shelves and kind of take books out. And one day I came across a book about NASA. I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I, I had kind of heard of, you know, like science fiction and Star Trek and things like that. And uh, I wasn't aware that there was a place that you could go to actually kind of be connected to and learn about what was going on. And so I was in second grade and I read the book and I looked through it and I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I, I told my parents, I want to go. <laughs> but you can't go to space camp in second grade. You have to wait until you're in fifth grade, you know? <laughs> they don't want to be babysitting, you know? You have to be old enough to kind of look after yourself. And so um, I waited every year from when I was in second grade until I was in fifth grade. And uh, we had an opportunity to go. And I ended up going to space camp and going through some of the training, you know, like eating some of the, the astronaut food going into the cockpit sim simulator and we ran a simulated shuttle mission and all that stuff and uh, <laughs> yeah i mean ever since then i've been enchanted with anything to do with space exploration space travel things like that even recently yesterday i just watched for the first time the spacex starship go up and, and land
what do you make of the, the sort of privatization of space travel? Like, what, where, what are your feelings about that? That's that's like that's happening right now, as you say. All I can say is I hope those folks out there like music. <laughs> I have a cousin-in-law that works on the whole Mars mission right now. Oh wow! That's a whole world, man, and it's so beautiful to to realize, you know. Wow. When we uh, when we were did a, a couple of projects where we were opening for Wayne's quartet, and we were around Wayne, and then he wrote those pieces for us for the first record that we made. And um, at the time, he had just been inducted into the Planetary Society, I think, by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And so it was something that he was talking about a lot. And the titles of the pieces he wrote for us were both from Robert Heinlein novels so very science fiction related and um just looking at his scores they're they're like beautiful pieces of art so i think that was a big inspiration for us with this band right from the beginning and it just seemed like okay now we're doing this record where joe and i are going to write all the music let's you know bring that vision into what 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 the thing is about Having the, the album on Greenleaf Music, an independent uh, company, is also really important for for me. I, th I think that it, um, you know, we're able to just say the thing exactly the way we want to say it and let the music play out the way we want to. And I think for independent labels, you know, Bandcamp as a platform has been so important. I didn't intend to go quite so rah-rah on the business side, but um, but there you have it. It is, you know, asking about space exploration and this concept of other worlds, you know, being in this independent uh, musical ecosystem these days, I think is, is also, it's a part of that vision of how we make the music together, you know, with complete freedom. When we talk about uh, about how artists are surviving in this moment, sustainability is an important question. And you know, having this album on Greenleaf, there's there's more than one kind of sustainability that is that is being supported there. Um, so uh, so yes, I will I will say it again, uh, echoing Dave's thought, and uh, you should definitely purchase it from Greenleaf Music. You know, please support uh, support the musicians, support the label. Um, and uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, joining WBGO in this special event. Uh, it's, this has been a, a really excellent hang. We're all in different spots, but you know, it, it really did feel like a hang. So thank you all. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. Nate. Thank yes, you. Nate. Uh -huh. Thank you.
Pythagoras, Joe Lovano, and Dave Douglas from Sound Prince. You can find the album on Bandcamp. Support independent artists, support Greenleaf Music, and subscribe to Dave Douglas's podcast, A Noise from the Deep. And definitely check out Sound Prince kicking off their run at New York City's Birdland Jazz Club in New York City, beginning November 30th. Four nights. And make sure to follow all of these artists. They all have their own social media followings. On Twitter and on Facebook, you can find my handle at CheckoutJazz. You can also hit me up on Instagram. And make sure to subscribe again to the other podcasts, Jazz United, hosted by WBGO's Nate Chenen and Greg Bryant. And of course, check out Greenleaf Music's podcast, A Noise from the Deep, hosted by Dave Douglas. The Checkout is a production of WBGO Studios. I'm Simon Rentner. Thanks for checking us out.